We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, and welcome to the uncontested podcast post-game edition. The Thunder have just beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 113-104. to I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Before we dive into this game, first off, that new intro. I decided to go in, and it, it's been over half the season, so we needed to change some of the calls that are at the beginning of the intro. So I asked you guys on Twitter today, what some of your favorite Thunder moments this season have been, and then utilize those for the new intro. So hope you guys enjoy that. Secondly, I'm feeling a little under the weather. Um, I've, I've got a lot of drainage, a lot of like uh, my nose is all stopped up um, from like sinuses and allergies and stuff. So if I sound weird and bad, I apologize. Um, it was my night to do the post game though, so I'm not going to let you guys down. Uh, so sorry if if I don't sound good. And number three, we are a proud member of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you have not yet, you should check out Blue Wire. They are on Twitter. You can look them up online. Also, you should make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts at. Uh, just subscribe. That way, all these post-game podcasts come directly to your feed. We also drop a weekly podcast every Monday morning. So make sure you're all signed up to get those. With that being said, let's get to this game, guys. The Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight, 113-104, to on the second night of a back-to-back. Actually, both teams were playing on the second night of a back-to-back. I believe Minnesota played at home last night as well. 
So uh, no travel for them. But both nights, both teams played less than 24 hours ago. Uh, the Thunder, not only did they play 24 hours ago, but they also then had to fly from Oklahoma City to Minnesota. They played without Danilo Gallinari, who's their starting power forward, without Nerlens Noel, their backup center, without Terrence Ferguson, their starting small forward, without Abdul Nader, their backup small forward, and with their starting center coming back for his first game in three games and clearly not looking 100%. So I want to give you guys a few numbers about the, the Thunder before we jump into this game specifically. Um, tonight was their fifth straight win. That's the longest winning streak currently in the Western Conference. They've won seven out of their last 10 and 22 out of their last 30. They're 22 and eight out of their last 30, which is insane. That winning percentage, if they sustain that for an entire season, good for 60 wins, which is just obnoxious. Uh, they are currently seventh in the West. They are, they have two more losses than the sixth seed Dallas Mavericks, but they will play the Mavericks on Monday. That'll be a big game because that'll be the third time these two teams have played. The Thunder can secure the tiebreaker with the Mavs with a win on Monday, uh, so so that'll be large. They are closer to the two seed in the West than they are to the eighth seed. Thunder are five games behind the two seed, and they're like six and a half games up on the eighth-seeded Memphis Grizzlies. That stat is wild to me. Just absolutely insane that 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 is the case. They are also only three games away from hitting their preseason over-under number with like 30-plus games to go. So if you bet the Thunder over win total this year, um, congrats to you because you are going to cash the F out, uh, which is awesome. Congratulations. But just crazy how successful this team has been. Um, you know, you, you, you can't say enough about it. They've, they've just, they've absolutely exceeded expectations. They are on pace to win more games than they did last year with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Since that team, I was telling my dad this this evening. I watched the game with my dad tonight. They traded away Russell Westbrook and Paul George. They've got the largest collection of future draft picks in the league. They trimmed their luxury tax bill almost to non-existent. They're only $800,000 over the luxury tax now. So they're spending way less money. They have way, way, way more assets for the future. More young guys. And they're better than last year's team. That's obnoxious. Uh, credit, all the credit in the world to Sam Presti and to Billy Donovan for how they've constructed this team, how they've coached this team, how the players have bought in, and just the style that they play, right? It's a testament uh, to the leadership of the team and the organization from top down. It's a testament to Chris Paul. It's a testament to Steven Adams. It's a testament to all those guys. And it's, it's really, really impressive. Um, I just, I, I can't say enough about this team right now. We'll, we'll talk about this more in our weekly podcast that will drop on Monday morning. But just incredibly impressive from the Oklahoma City Thunder. So back to tonight's game. I, I've split up this podcast tonight. I'm going to talk about some, some negatives. I'm going to talk about some positives. Uh, I'm going to talk about some things that are pretty wild. 
And then we're going to take some Twitter questions. I also have your moment of the night as well. So let's talk about the negatives first. The first negative from this game actually comes before this game. Uh, really about, what, 10, 8 hours before this game. Whenever news breaks that Nerlens Noel had surgery to repair... I. I forget the technical term. I'm not going to look the technical term up. Uh, a broken cheekbone. And lo and behold, it is the same injury that Russell Westbrook had back in, what was that, 2014, 2015, whatever, uh, when he got the dent in the side of his head. Uh, even more coincidentally, both of those injuries, Russ's broken cheekbone and Nerland's broken cheekbone, both came on friendly fire. If you remember, Russ broke his cheekbone uh, getting an inadvertent knee from Andre Robertson up in Portland. Uh, Nerlens Noel got his from an inadvertent elbow from Danilo Gallinari here in Oklahoma City. Uh, before I continue, I just got to tell you guys, like I'm seven minutes into this podcast. I think I've already paused five or six times to blow my nose and then start re-recording. I am really sorry uh, for my voice quality tonight. I, I feel like I sound like a dadgum idiot, so my apologies. So Nerlens Noel has surgery. Good news is he'll be reevaluated in a week. Russell Westbrook, if you all remember, uh, infamously missed one game with the the dent in the side of his head. Um, so Nerland should be back soon. Sucks that he broke that cheekbone. I can't imagine that pain. I can't imagine that surgery. But this means we get masked Nerlands when he comes back. Whenever you break that cheekbone, uh, you have to wear that mask. Uh, the idea of the mask is that if you get hit anywhere in the face, the mask distributes the impact. Uh, it, it lowers the impact on that certain spot and distributes it throughout the entire like mask, right? Uh, so so you won't get hurt or hit in that spot again. But we'll get masked Nerlens. I'm excited to see what he wears. It's going to be kind of cool. Someone on Twitter, I forget who it was, so if it was you, holler at us, but said he should get a Predator mask to go along with the dreads. And I, 100%, I'm in. Let's make it happen. Uh, so second negative of the night would be Steven Adams. Uh, and it is very clear that Adams was not 100% tonight. He got like DDT'd by Clint Capella down in Houston on Martin Luther King Day last Monday. Uh, that His ankle, when you watch that replay, rolled up on him whenever Clint Capella jumped off the top rope. And... Uh, Adams has been nursing that thing. It was very clear tonight that that he was not healthy. Uh, first off, just coming back from from injury anyways, guys are typically kind of slow getting back into it. But Adams tonight, zero points, one rebound, two assists, uh, four blocks. He was a plus one on the night, but he was zero points. He took two field goal attempts. Um, and the man he was guarding uh, snapped and went off, Carl Anthony Towns. That's just not a Steven Adams stat line. It was very clear that he was slow, um, that, that he didn't really have it all. He, he only played 23 minutes. Mike Muscala got more minutes than him. Mike Muscala played a lot of minutes against Carl Anthony Towns. So just very clearly that Adams was not his self tonight. Uh, they kind of needed him, though, with... Nerland's out and with Justin Patton traded, uh, Muscala would have been the only other center on roster. And if Adams didn't play tonight, that meant that you were going to get like some Darius Baisley minutes guarding Carl Anthony Towns, um, some Deontay Burton minutes 
guarding Carl Anthony Towns. That's just not going to happen. So Adams gave it gave it the old college try tonight, but it was very clear that he just wasn't healthy. So hopefully he gets back to his normal self because Adams, since that rough stretch at the beginning of the year, he's really been killing it. He's been having a, a, a phenomenal season, a season that we all kind of expected for him to have. I think he's averaging like 13 points, 10, 10, uh, 10 rebounds, and like three assists a game, which is a really good line for Steven Adams while also being an incredibly impact defender, uh, the anchor of the defense, um, a great ball mover, an incredible screener. So so hopefully Adams can get back to his normal self soon. And then, so for my third negative of the night, this will be the last negative of the night. Uh, and this one, it, God, this hurts in my soul to say this. Uh, I got to go Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You know, Shea scores 11 points tonight on 3 of 14 shooting. He just could not get it going for the life of him. Now, he did shoot six free throws, uh, had seven rebounds, had two assists, had a steal and two blocks, but three fouls, three turnovers, 11 points on 14 shots, a minus nine on the night. Uh, Worst on the team, minus nine. Just not Shea's night tonight. He struggled uh, from the word go. Couldn't get some of those patented, uh, those those finger rolls to drop. Uh, was struggling in traffic. Uh, didn't didn't really shoot any jumpers. He was 0 of 2 from 3. He just couldn't get it going tonight, uh, which is a little disappointing after he had a really, really solid game against Atlanta Friday night. So it's just one of those things where where there's just nights where he, you know, he's, he's a second-year player. He's 21. He's not going to have it every single night. And I think we're starting to get spoiled with him already a little bit. But let the guy have a bad night, right? It, it happens. We'll see what he comes out and does on Monday. The last time Shea had a bad night was whenever they played the Chicago Bulls here in Oklahoma City. He followed that up by having three 30-point games uh, in, in six tries after that. So maybe a bad night. They've also been playing a ton of basketball. I know he has young legs, but 34 minutes tonight. I think he played 37 in Atlanta the previous night. Um, so so he's probably a little bit tired as well, but let's get him a little bit of rest, get him back on Monday, and, and see what he can do then. Uh, I'm, I'm not low on Shea overall by any stretch of the imagination. Just a rough night for him tonight, uh, and that's okay. Those happen, right? Those happen, so, so it is what it is. Uh, besides that, I think the only other negative I would have for for tonight it, from the Thunder's perspective would just be Carl Anthony Towns. That dude, 37 points, six reba- or eight rebounds, six assists, two steals, two blocks, uh, 13 of 23 from the field, four of nine from the three-point line. He went off. Uh, just had an absolutely incredible night. They got to get him some help. If they don't get him some help, he is publicly demanding a trade in two years. I'm calling it. Because the rest of his teammates suck. They are bad. You know, Robert Covington's okay, but but Wiggins is just a disappointment. Uh, Culver is still very young. Uh, Napier shouldn't be starting on any team in the NBA. Uh, they've got some young guys on the bench, but, I mean, you got Gorgie Dang. They have uh, this McLaughlin guy who wasn't even playing until they made that, the Teague for Allen Crab trade. They made the Teague for Allen Crab trade, and Crab plays a total of four minutes tonight. Uh, Josh Okoji is going to be okay, but he's two of ten from the from the field tonight. They got to get Cat some help, uh, or he's going to want out, and you can't really blame him, right? Uh, now you have to say maybe some of their struggles is due to Cat, 
right? He He's the best player on their team. He's not leading them to wins. But when you look deeper and look at their roster, man, it's, it's just so flawed. It's hard to see how they're going to dig themselves out of it. You know, there's they they need a point guard desperately, and they traded away their point guard uh, Jeff Teague in order to try to. It looks like make a move here at the deadline. They still want D'Angelo Russell, so we'll see what happens. But but they got to get some help because Carl Anthony Towns is just he's wasting away up there. So, anyways, enough with Carl Anthony Towns talk. Enough with the negatives. Let's move on to the positives. And the first positive. He's kind of been a theme for us in the past few games. Mike Muscala, the Moose, homecoming tonight back up in Minnesota uh, where Presti famously flew in to have a sit-down meeting in this dude's kitchen to try to get him to sign in free agency. Muscala tonight, 3 of 6 from the field. All of those shots came from the three-point line, 50% tonight. If my math serves right, I believe in the past two games, he was 8 of 9 from 3. Tonight, he goes 3 of 6, so that would be 12 of 15. I don't know the percentage on that, but it's pretty goddamn high. He has been on fire. He's he's had the quick trigger. He shoots it when he's open. When he's not open, he immediately moves it. Uh, he is providing some great spacing. Uh, he's not a great defender. Uh, I think maybe playing center is a little bit out of position for him. He's probably more of a power forward. He he stands no chance guarding Carl Anthony Towns, let's just be honest. Uh, he's He's been playing great. Muscala has been incredible. He's never going to be mistaken for a good defender. But he competes on that end, and that's what you want. He had six rebounds, two assists, and a steal tonight. Uh, 11 total points. He had a very efficient 11 points on six shots. Like That's an efficient night. Uh, really good night from Mike Muscala. You you really can't ask for much more from him than what he gave you tonight and what he's given you the past two nights. Will this percentage continue? No, right? This is that there's ebbs and flows. He's very much on a high right now. It's going to come back down. What you have to hope for is that it stabilizes, right? Instead of like at the beginning of the season, he was infamously like one of 15 from three. And then now he's 12 of 15 from three, right? You don't want those big of peaks and values. Hopefully he he settles in somewhere at about the six out of 15, seven out of 15 per uh, for threes, uh, a respectable percentage. But the the ebb and flows, um, you, that that's not what you want. You you want the consistency there. So hopefully he can he can get there. But damn, he's having a good stretch here. Uh, really excited for him because after. Everybody, including me, talked a bunch of trash on this guy. He is just kicking ass and taking names, and it's pretty impressive. So the next positive would have to be the point guards, meaning Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. They were incredible tonight. Uh, Paul, 25 points, 10 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals, um, 10 of 18 from the field, 5 of 5 from the free throw line. He's just... he's insane his passing ability his his ability to read a defense to play with the defense to know exactly what he wants to get exactly where he wants to on the floor his craftiness his ability it's just a joy to watch him play I tweeted tonight because hopefully you guys saw it Billy Donovan got caught by the camera yelling that's bullshit to the ref tonight so I had to get it I had to record it and then I tweeted uh and said my reaction whenever people say Chris Paul won't be an all-star this year, because I think he's going to be. He's been incredible. 
and and it's a, a big testament to him for the success this team is having. But he's just been incredible. Tonight was no different. Dennis Schroeder, maybe a little bit of a uh, showing off in front of Minnesota to try to convince them uh, they need a new starting point guard, right? 8 of 19 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, 6 of 6 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 26 points, a team high. Just a great night from Schroeder. 26 points on 19 shots is really good. 6 of 6 from the free throw line is really good. He shot 66% from the uh, from the three-point line, which is incredible. Um, he's He's just been really good. There's times where I think the ball still sticks a little bit too much with him where he needs to move it. But the way he's playing, he's we, we say it all the time. He's got to be leading sixth man of the year. I don't know. I mean, I know people are going to say, oh, Montrezl Harrell, oh, Lou Williams. It's hard to argue against Dennis Schroeder right now. He's got to be the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, if he is not, it's because people aren't paying attention to what he's doing. He has made a massive impact on this team, and, and there's no denying that. I, I think he is hands down the leading sixth man of the year uh, contender. And I think teams are probably calling Sam Presti asking what they need to give up to get Dennis Schroeder on their team. Um, I talked about this, I think, last week on our group podcast. But just to bring it up again, because I just mentioned it, Minnesota really needs a, a, a starting point guard. And there's word that they still really want D'Angelo Russell. But I, I just keep thinking. So the deadline ends. Uh, the deadline is on February 6th, Thursday 2 p.m. Central Time. I just keep thinking, what happens with Minnesota when it gets to 1 p.m. Central Time and they finally get the message from Golden State that the Dubs are not moving D'Angelo Russell at the trade deadline? Do the Timberwolves turn their attention elsewhere? Uh, do they just pack it in and, and tank for the year? You know, that could create some desperation for them. We've got to show Carl Anthony Towns that we're willing to go get something to try to help him. They could go snag Dennis Schroeder uh, at the deadline, but but have that that desperateness. Oh crap! We have one hour left. We got to make something happen. Okay, Presty, we'll pull the trigger. We'll do it. We need something, right? And then they could still turn around and trade Schroeder this summer at the at the draft or during free agency. Uh, and see if maybe Dennis Schroeder, um, if Golden State wants him in a package for for D'Angelo Russell. And so by by no way am I am like reporting that or anything. It's just it's just an interesting thought that I think like, you know, what happens when Minnesota's back is up against the wall uh, here in what like a week and a half now, right? So it, it's interesting. My next positive, my last positive for the night, the young guys. Holy crap, the young guys. Darius Baisley and Lou Dort get the start tonight. Hamadou Diallo chips in 22 minutes off the bench. Combined, they go for 35 points. 15 for Baisley, 10 for Dort, 10 for Diallo. Uh, They combine for, what is it, 13 made field goals out of 17 attempts. 5 of 6, 3 of 5, 5 of 6. Uh, they combine for 18 rebounds, six by Baisley, two by Dort, 10 by Diallo. Um, they combine for three steals and maybe the biggest one of the night, Dort just absolutely stripping Wiggins in the final uh, minute of the game uh, for a possession that Minnesota had to have in order to, to have any chance to try to come back and win. It's incredible to watch a 19, a 20, and a 21-year-old guy 
play like that, right? Dort has been incredible. Uh, Diallo has been up and down, but had a great night tonight. Baisley continues to flash things. He's five of six from the field, one of two from three, four of four from the free throw line. His IQ, his defensive demeanor, his passing, his ability to get to the rim, he's impressive, man. And he is 19 years old. Like, if this kid can take a, a jump from this year to year two, and then a lot of people say that that these young players, they really take their jump, their, their big jump comes from two, year two to three. If that happens, he's going to be a steal. He's I I have really high hopes for Darius Baisley. I think he's got a lot of skill. I think he's got a lot of promise. Um, you know, people always say that Presti has this type that he goes for, right? The long, athletic, um, defensive-minded guys who lack offensive polish and lack shooting. Uh, Baisley doesn't really fit that mold. I mean, he's long and he's athletic, but he is very, very skillful. And he does have a decent shot. And so, you know, he he kind of breaks what people think that mold that Presti goes for is. But he's just, he's damn good for a 19-year-old. And I'm really excited to see how he grows over the next years. Um, If we're talking guys that are quote-unquote untouchable, meaning like they're not going to get traded unless you're offering up like a uh, like a Trey Young or a Luka Doncic or... Uh, another five first round picks or something like that. Uh, I think Darius Baisley maybe fits into that category, right? I think the Thunder front office are very high on him and are ex- are just excited as we are to see his growth. And all this talk about Baisley, I haven't even touched on Lou Dort yet, who he's just been awesome, man. His defense, I, I tweeted from my personal account during the Atlanta game. He's guarded like half the damn all-star team. Right, he's had to check guys like Trey Young, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Buddy Heald. Tonight he gets Andrew Wiggins. He had Evan Fournier a couple nights ago. Like he's guarding the best player on the opposing team and locking him up for the most part. He's just he's been great. He's been absolutely great. Uh, I fully expect him to get his two-way contract bumped up to a full-time contract uh, by the end of the year. Two-way guys are limited to 45 days with the parent team, and then the rest of their time has to be spent with the G League. Two-way guys also cannot play in the playoffs. The Thunder are headed to the playoffs. So Lou Dort is going to get converted because they're going to want him for the NBA playoffs, right? Like I fully expect him to get playoff minutes this year. So he's going to get his two-way contract uh, bumped up. Speaking of those two guys, um, Baisley and Dort, some some interesting, kind of surprising things about them. The Thunder are now 4-0 when Lou Dort starts in place of Terrence Ferguson. They are 7-1 when Darius Baisley starts in place of Danilo Gallinari. Now, I'm not saying that Lou Dort is better than Ferguson yet, I still think in a vacuum right now in January 2020 that Terrence Ferguson is a better basketball player than Lou Dort. I have no way saying that Darius Baisley is better than Danilo Gallinari. Right, Gallo is incredible. Gallo shooting like 42% from three on a career-high three-point attempts, like 7.5 a game. 
He's been incredible. But 4-0 with Dort starting, 7-1 with Baisley starting. Which really begs the question, does this play any role in how the Thunder approach the trade deadline? Right? Are they more willing to give up Gallo in a trade knowing that they've been just fine with Baisley starting? Now, I don't think the Thunder are actively trying to get rid of Gallo. I think they're accepting any and all phone calls regarding him. But I don't think they're going to trade Gallo to a basement dweller. Uh, I think the Thunder hold a lot of leverage with Danilo Gallinari, actually, because Gallo doesn't want to probably become an unrestricted free agent this summer. The only teams that are going to have cap space are really, really bad teams that in the twilight of his career, he does not want to go play for. He probably wants to go play for a contender. And so if he doesn't get traded to one here at the trade deadline, chances are he's willing to do a sign-in trade with the Thunder this summer to end up on a team that he wants to go play for because he doesn't want to sign with the Atlanta Hawks. Right, He doesn't want to sign for a team that's rebuilding and, and dwelling at the bottom of the standings in the league. So and it's his best interest to work with the Thunder to end up at a place where he wants to go. With Darius Baisley playing so well, maybe the Thunder have uh, a little more incentive to really explore some of these trades at the deadline for him. I have no clue. Uh, that's just some some thought, some some ideas from me. But it's still pretty interesting. But with that, so I want to move on. I've been going for a while here. I want to hit you guys' Twitter questions before I get out of here and still cover the moment of the night. But first, I want to tell you, we don't have an ad read, a sponsor for this week. So in place of that, make sure that you guys go, if you haven't already, and check out the shirts that we have for sale. All you have to do is go to designtree.com. That's D-S-G-N, tree, T-R-E-E.com. And click on the Blue Wire logo that will pull up all the Blue Wire podcast shirts. You can find our Shea Gilgis Alexander shirts, our SGA and our SGA OKC shirts, and also our Lugens Dort, the Lu Tang Clan shirts. Uh, we have shirts and hoodies available. And if you haven't bought one from them yet, you get on there, you sign up for their newsletter, type in your email, you get $10 off a shirt. That means your first shirt. Plus, shipping will only cost you $20. It's a hell of a deal. I have my SGA OKC shirt on right now. They're incredibly comfy. I love them. They're super soft. They're that great soft material. They're awesome shirts uh, for whatever you want to use them for. If you want to wear it in the gym, if you want to wear it as like a lifestyle shirt while you're out uh, hanging out with friends or at a basketball game or at the bar or whatever, uh, they're high-quality shirts. They're awesome. I love mine. Uh, so make sure you guys go hit up Design Tree, D-S-G-N-T-R-E-E.com and snag one of either the Lutang Clan shirts or the SGA shirts. Get them while they're hot before these kids start growing up and blowing up, right? So let's move on to some Twitter questions. So I got a handful of questions from you guys tonight on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for those I always love answering your questions. I love uh, I love the interaction we get, and so I want to make sure I answer all these. So here we go. Uh, first from friend of the pod, at SmellyFartBox88. He's always interacting with us. Solid dude. Uh, great Twitter handle. Does Noel fit this offense better than Adams? I know Adams is the better player, but, does he, but he doesn't seem to have the chemistry that Noel has with CP3, SGA, 
and Schroeder. So this is an interesting question. Uh, just as far as the better overall player, offense, defense, minor things, etc., Steven Adams is the better player. I think you could argue that Noel does have the better chemistry with this team. I think Adams is a better offensive player, but I do think you're you're onto something there in the fact that Noel maybe has the better chemistry. He's been catching lob passes uh, like... Oh, I was about to make a bad joke there. I'm not going to do it. Um, uh, like, like you catch something like a... Uh, I can't think of anything else. But he's been catching lob passes like crazy, right? Because he just has this great chemistry. Adams doesn't have quite that much. Adams does open up the offense for other guys, though, uh, with massive screens. I also think Adams is the better defender. But just as far as chemistry with the point guards offensively, I think maybe Nerlens uh, is a little bit farther ahead than Steven there. So that's an interesting question, though. Uh, next one comes from... At Har- Hunter Harjo 7, who asks, Will Mike Muscala's house in Minnesota, where Sam Presti came to recruit him, now be considered a national historic site due to his legendary play as of late? I mean, I think we got to start considering it. it. It's not up there as like a, a national monument yet. It's a little bit below that, but we're getting close. You know, it's no Statue of Liberty. It's no Golden Gate Bridge. Um... But but could we put it on the same level as I don't know the Alamo, um, the the Arch in St. Louis, uh, Disney World? I think it's getting there. That that house is going to be uh, Minnesota Historical Society is going to have to to say something about that house. Is going to have to to buy that house and make sure that they keep it historically accurate. From TTFU, he's at Thunderburner two says, do you think we will have a better record than Houston? That's a great question. So I was just looking at it. Houston is 28 and 16. The Thunder are 28 and 19. So Thunder have three more losses than Houston tied in the wins. Uh, I don't think so. I think Houston's going to have the better record, but I think it's going to be a hell of a lot closer than any of us thought back in October. A hell of a lot closer. Like, is there a chance that these two teams could meet as the 4-5 seed. I think there's a real possibility of that, right? Um, I So so I think Houston is going to end up with a better record, but I'm going to say it's not going to be by more than five wins. I, 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 don't, I don't think they're going to be separated by more than five wins, uh, which if you would have told me that back in October, I would have said James Harden, broke both of his legs and the Houston team plane crashed on the way to somewhere and everyone's dead, right? There's no way. Uh, but but Houston hasn't been elite and the Thunder have been really damn good. Really, really damn good. So so I'm going to say it's going to be close, but I still think that that they are not going to beat out Houston as far as the schedule is concerned. Uh, and then our last one, it looks like, is from Dickie Toxin who says, despite playing hobbled on a minutes restriction and sticking just to his fundamentals like boxing out, screening, and leaning on Carl Anthony Towns, do you think this team would have won without Steve tonight? That I do not think would have happened. Because without Steve, you would have been guarding Carl Anthony Towns with only Mike Muscala. And then you would have had to use somebody like Darius Baisley, or or Deontay Burton or somebody like that to guard 
currently lifting Towns. And we thought Towns had a lot of points. He might have gone for 60-plus tonight and won the game on his own. So, no, I do not think the Thunder win tonight without Steven Adams. I think they needed that. I mean, I know Steven didn't do much at all, but they just needed that body and his physicalness tonight. Is that even a word, physicalness? His physicality. There we go. I should be more intelligent with my words. They needed his physicality tonight. So, this is a really long podcast. I apologize uh, by by giving you guys such a long one. Uh, I hope you're not too upset with me. Last thing before I get you out of here is the moment of the night which goes to the Lutang clan. That dunk he had on Robert Covington was disgusting. It literally made me yell, oh, shit, really loud and jump off my couch, even though I'm not feeling well. Uh, he got me out of my seat. And for that, he gets the moment of the night. Uh, so with that, let's get some end podcast music going. Uh, hey, thank you guys so much for checking out the post-game podcast. Again, if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating while you're there. We're getting close to that full five stars. Some people have left us one stars because they're idiots. So uh, a non-shout-out to those people. Um, so if you go and leave a five-star, you're doing something good, and you're neg- you're like negating out something somebody dumb did. So you should do that as well. Follow us on your favorite social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. That's all I got. We're going to be back here with you guys in like 24, 36 hours with our weekly podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy that one. Trade deadline's coming up, and the Thunder are a pretty damn good team. Have a great Sunday. Thunder up. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.